Hello, and welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Girl Talk. I am Coach B, and with me I have the lovely... Miss Alika. How are you guys? How is it going? Um, as far as me and Miss Alika, we've had a lot of different things going on. Positive vibes, positive vibrations. We're here to change the community, so, you know, just get ready. But in today's news, the topic of the day is gender roles or gender norms. Um, Miss Lika, when you hear that term, what is something that you think of? Women should be in the kitchen. Oh, okay. I hate that. Me too, because I hate to cook and wash dishes and anything about the kitchen. Um, I'll cook. I can't stand washing them dishes, though. I would rather take out the trash than wash them dishes. But you know what's crazy? I hate the term women should be in the kitchen, but I do feel like it's certain things that guys should be responsible for doing. Okay, like what? Like, uh, cleaning out my car or, uh, washing dishes after I cook or... Okay, I might be telling a story. Because I about to say, I don't mind taking the trash out. But there's certain things, okay, like, I'm not, even though I can and I'm really pretty good with my hands, I don't want to work on nothing in this house. Like, with the sink loose, I don't I don't want to be the one responsible for doing that. If um, something happens with the dryer or the washing machine, I don't want to be the res- one responsible for fixing that problem. I mean, I will just because I live by myself and I know how to do it. And I get tired of waiting on maintenance to come do it. And I'm definitely more, I think that I'm more, like, handyman savvy than my boyfriend is. And that's just because his mom does everything. Like, she did everything in their house. So he ain't never really have to know how to fix nothing. And see, that's something I want to teach my son, like, be good with your hands because you'll probably always have a job if you're good with your hands. So, go ahead, Miss Alika. Oh, no, I was saying you was right. I was agreeing with you. Oh. So, probably usually we kind of got sidetracked, but we went down our own little rabbit hole. But, okay, so, being a girl, of course, but I grew up a very tomboyish girl. So, some of the gender things I was always told was, little girls don't sit like that. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Um, little girls are polite. You are to be seen, not heard. Sit like a lady. <laughs> and Girls wear skirts. I don't want to wear that. Period. Ooh, do you remember when we used to have to wear stockings? Mm, mm-mm-mm. And slips. Yes. I didn't really mind a slip. But stockings, I would intentionally wake up early, cut holes in mine, and then be like, ooh, they got to run in them. I can't wear them. Listen, and my mama would be like, I got two more on backup. Go get them other ones. Yep. Or if it was early enough, my mama would be like, we can stop by the store and we can get some. Don't you hate it? You used to run in the bylaw early in the morning to go get some stockings. Yes. Oh, my God. I hated stockings. I'm so glad. they're. I can't really say they're not a thing anymore. They're not a thing for our age anymore. But what's the point? Okay, so 
somebody may not like what I'm about to say, but we going there. So I had a conversation with my husband earlier, like, why are apostolic churches encouraged their women to only wear skirts? And then we went on this whole rabbit hole conversation about the difference between the different, um, not pianos, organs. Because some organs are built with the a piece that goes down that doesn't show your legs, and then the other one has a piece that shows your legs. And he was like, so women, who, when they're playing the organs, their skirt won't be, and their legs won't be seen. But um, I have an issue with that because why are you changing things about me? Like, why do I need to always be in skirts to make you feel more like a man in long skirts so you don't feel any way or get rowdy? within yourself about me as a woman. That's a you problem. That's not me as a woman problem. So maybe if anybody from that, you know, background religion can explain because I don't I don't understand the whole skirts only thing. Cause not even just that. Like in our church, you know, you have to wear a skirt down to your knees. You can't sit on the front row if it's too short. And if it is, then you got to put a cloth over you so nobody can see your legs and see up underneath your skirt so that way they don't get aroused or excited. The grown man doesn't get aroused. I can't help what arouses him. That's a that's a him. And I'll, ne- I'll never forget one time this lady tried to come. I, ma'am, don't lay that cloth across my leg because I'm fine. Or like when women fall out when they're praising worship and they come lay that blanket over them. I thought that was general. I thought they did that for everybody. I mean, they might, but I don't. It doesn't make sense to me because that's a male problem. That's not a woman problem. Exactly. So, I mean, I truly... I truly don't get it. I mean, I just be wanting it to make sense, but because I, I I woke up like you, I'm so tired of men holding the narrative of what a woman should be and what she should and can't do. And who told y'all she can't do those things? And I love how they try to be like, oh, in the Bible it say where, where. And if it does... Please, please pinpoint it to me. And if it does say, if you're a Christian, then you believe that when God died and rose again, then the Old Testament was passed away. So don't show the Old Testament because that doesn't, okay. that doesn't apply to me anymore. Okay. Because I'm sure, and I am not even trying to be funny, I'm sure some of them women in the Bible, if they could have wore a piece of pants, would have. They would have rather had on pants. Would have. Because in, in all honesty, not even being revealing, do you know how hard it is to bend down or bend over on a skirt that hits your ankles? You got a squat. You, you can't, can't. Oh, you can't even lean forward good. You have to literally squat. Oh, but let's not get into the subject of men want you to be so holy that nobody's looking at you because your skirt's too the floor, but you best believe when we get in that bedroom, you better know what you're doing. What? And I'm so sick of it. Like, men really be out here trying to tell women what they can and can't and what they should and shouldn't do. Like, 
Okay, so as a male, you're paying the bills, but what else are you bringing to the table that you can feel like you can control me like that? Right. Like, to tell a woman... And now your government is going as far as to saying what you can and can do with your uterus? And that blows my mind. Yours. Not anybody else's. Yours. And I will never understand... How a woman choosing to abort her child, because that's her choice, has anything to do with a man that's not that child's father, that's not that child's grandfather, not uncle, not God. This is a random man who signs papers. And you're going to tell me he can tell every single woman in this U.S. of A. what she can do with her uterus. Because my thing is, you don't have one. So how do you You don't have one? You don't have a baby? You have not carried a baby? You don't get these cramps every month? How are you going to tell a grown woman what she can and cannot do with her body, but you'll sweep that rape up under the rug? I don't get it. I'm so lost. That that has always been, like, I've always had questions about how somebody else can determine what I can and can't do with my body. But, okay, just like, okay, if a girl's going out dating multiple men and just having a good time, not even sleeping with them, like, we speak of Laura Harvey all the time, she's having a good time, and she's labeled fast in a hoe. But if Michael B. Jordan went out and dated four different girls at a time, he's that dude. I'm trying to be like Michael B. when I get older. But here's my question, speaking about Lori Harvey, because here we are. Whoever said she was dating all these men at one time? Nobody said that. Everybody said, oh, she jumped from this person to this person. So y'all just assume that she's dating them all at one time. She ain't never say that. And if she was, who cares? Because I can count on my two hands and two feet. Mm, I might be telling the story. Oh, I'm going to just say I've heard of a friend of mine or myself personally talking to this guy, and then you find out he's also entertaining this girl and this girl and this girl. So, I mean, and it's some of them same grown titty men that be on Instagram complaining about Lori Harvey like they have not just done the same thing to the girl they met at the coffee shop. And part of me feels like they're hurt that she's doing better than them in life. I'm sure because she is famous for what? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) And she gets paid and people know who she is. And so that, you know, big dick energy, most men don't like it. No. So, yeah, but... Another thing that I agree with as far as gender roles in the male is you are the provider. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I am a strong believer in that because, I mean, I will help out. Of course, we are a team, but carrying the weight of this entire family on my back, I'd rather not. Now, if I'm financially that girl... 
okay, cool, whatever. I don't care. I said, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's because that's but, where I want to be in life. Right. At my current stage in life right now, could I? Yes. Do I want to? No. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I know that I want to be a millionaire slash billionaire. So, like, it would be me. Like, I'm going to make more money. So, it's going to be me. But I also, okay, so trauma response. Like, I don't like asking nobody for nothing. I would much rather pay my own way and say that I did it and it's mine and I took care of it versus anything else. Like, that was me and my boyfriend's biggest argument at one point. I would be, like, crying broke and would not ask him for nothing and would not ask him for help. He like, but you need it, and you know that I can help you. Like that's part of being in a relationship. Like we're partners. Not like, mm, that sounds good, but yeah. I mean, I'm there with my husband. I literally, <laughs> I asked him for some money the other day just because, because I was like, dog, all these girls on the internet, they be asking they do for money all the time. They don't even ask. They just put their hand out, and I was like, I want to do that work. He was like, Why do you just don't say nothing? And I'd be like, I'll figure it out. I'm not going to let, and I mean, this is my husband, and of course, you know, your boyfriend, we really should, like, let our guard down a little bit if these are men we plan on spending, you know, the rest of our lives with, but I just can't get past it, and I've seen people throw stuff in people's faces, and those are just some things I, because the moment you try to throw up in my face that you did something for me or I needed you, when I tell you we won't talk again. <laughs> and the sad thing is it comes from my parents. They used to, like, hold money over my head all the time. Like, they would tell me if I didn't come home, they were going to stop paying my tuition. Okay, manipulative. They use money as a weapon. Absolutely, I've been there. So now I'm like, yeah, no. I can't. I won't. Yeah. Um, gifts was like that in our family. Like, well, you may not be talking to me, and you might be mad at something I did, but I'm going to just buy you a gift, and you're going to get over it. Or I'm going to take you to get food, and you're going to get over it. So also, parents, be very strategic and careful with how you conduct discipline in your household. Uh, Because if you use food as a weapon, your child could potentially develop um, an eating disorder. Or if you, you know, if you dangle money over your kids' heads, then that's all they're going to ever do is want to chase the dollar. And they're going to get it on their own no matter how they get it. (laughs) So be careful with that as well. Also something I've been seeing is like moms. I mean dads too, but moms. Watch how you talk about yourself in front of your kids. Ooh, say that again. Watch how you talk about yourself in front of your kids because most kids look at their parents as, like, heroes to them. So if your daughter's looking at you like, wow, I want to be just like my mom, and all you do is be like, ugh, look at my stomach, ugh, I'm so fat, ugh, I hate my body, your child at an early age is going to pick up on that, and then that's when you get into the the body dysplasia. That, cool, that. Um, and be it that I am somebody who, I'm not going to say I was diagnosed with that, but I'm sure that happens to me because I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, ugh, oh my God. And then I can see a picture of myself and I'll be like, wait a minute. 
That's not what I just saw in the mirror. I don't look like that in the mirror. So be careful with, um, you know, all of those things because you can definitely affect your child's mental from an early age. So also forcing gender norms on your children can affect their mental health. Yes. Um, oh, and the one thing that gets on my nerves the most is, Miss um, Brittany, why do you have, why are you letting my son play with them Barbie dolls? Um, well, ma'am, it's not a Barbie doll. It's a baby. And, you know, he's feeding, nurturing the child. I don't want my son playing with no baby dolls. Okay, so you don't want them to be gentle with their siblings? You don't want them to learn how to be nurturing to another human? Sure don't. But but why? I, I mean, I'm really flabbergasted every time I have to have this conversation. Like, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, playing with baby dolls at two and three and four... Will not set your child up to be gay. No, it really won't. Because that's not how that works. I mean, it's not how it works. It's just not how it works. And you didn't say he was playing with a Barbie dream house, which if he was, that's fine too. But we're talking about baby dolls. Like, what? But these be the same parents who are okay with their child not being able to spell their name. Or count at the age of six. I mean, what? Oh, don't get me started. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean. They, this little girl, she just be everywhere on this man TikTok. And I just be like, oh, I hope she got sense. I hope she can read. Not even read. I hope she can spell her name. I hope she knows she can recognize her letters. I just, I hope she got some sense. It doesn't it shock you, like. Wow, so you're worried about your child being gay at the age of three, but you don't care anything about them not being able to recognize their name or not being able to sit down? That doesn't worry you? Can we talk about labels? I mean, we're here, and I just... Let's go. Let's take a ride. Why people have to put a label on everything. Certain things, okay, yeah, they need labels. But, because, here's my developmental, a diagnosis is not a label. Like, get your kids the help they need. Please. And let me tell you something. I don't know if it's because of our backgrounds or what, but having somebody diagnose your child with an ailment, that is a shocker. Yes, it is. But, to me... Wouldn't it make more sense to get your child to help at two and three and that can help push them through their life than wait until they're about to get expelled out of school for something they can't control? Exactly. But nobody thinks about it like that. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. I'd be like, okay, so you would rather your child struggle. And I mean struggle. For the rest of their life versus giving them what they... But you know what? One marginalized group of people, I will say, that look out for their kids are... Um, oh, wow. I just had it in my mind. What is it? 
I forgot. Down syndrome. Now, Down syndrome is a community that's going to look out for their people. Mm-hmm. And they do a really good job of being supportive. They do, but we don't have that for high function anxiety or um, ADHD or ADD. Because, oh, put that child on some medicine, let him be a zombie, he'll be all right. Help him. Help him. I don't think I will ever forget the day. I think you were gone. But this is when at the place that we worked together. One of the kids hadn't taken his medicine. And they were arguing back and forth whether he needed to be on it or not. But he was just everywhere. Couldn't stop. And I asked him, I was like, what is wrong? And this child, at three, broke down crying. I was like, I just can't stop. Aww. And I think that changed my life. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like, you clearly need your meds. But for you to be able to articulate to me that you're sad because you can't stop, and it's not like your movements or your actions have, like, any rhyme or reason. Like, you were literally just moving because your body can't stop. And it can't calm itself down. And we can piggyback off of that. Like, parents, please (laughs) understand that mental health is not as taboo as you think it is. People out here struggling. People out here barely making it. And that trickles off to their kids. And some kids are born mentally ill. That's not your fault. That's not their fault. But help them so they can be a functioning child, functioning adult. Like, help them out. And it doesn't have to just start at birth. This can literally switch at any given moment. Get your child some help. Literally at any given moment. And stop being embarrassed. Because embarrassed you're going to be when when your child shows out and you're having a breakdown because you can't ring your child in. You don't know your you don't know your child's triggers. You don't know what helps them calm down. So you thinking, oh, ain't nothing wrong with my child. What your child shows you anytime you're playing loud music that it startles them. And then you take them to a football game with the band and the announcers and the cheerleaders. They're going to lose it. Exactly. But you could have been better prepared for this if you got your child some help and learned their triggers. Because it's not hard. It's really not. Um, Let me not say it's not hard. I, I don't understand because I'm not a parent. So I can't say it's not hard to sit and watch your child struggle and not really... Well, no, I can't say not know what to do. Well, no, because some parents don't know not, don't know what to do. Did you know that I really didn't know that people don't know how to be parents? I'm starting to learn. I really thought that wasn't a thing. And then, you know, we taught parenting classes. And now that I'm a parent, I'm listening to other parents and I'm like, what? Do you realize that's your child? Do you, do, do you realize they're not 15 and they're not going to understand what you just said? So let's ring it back on till about two years old. Like, people whoop kids for kids not doing something they didn't know they wasn't supposed to do. 
Did you tell them not to do that? Because <laughs> if not, they're a child, they're exploring. They're going to mess with everything. They're going to mess with everything. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I heard some people dogging a four-year-old out yesterday, and it took everything in me not to be like, I wish I would leave him the hell alone. Let me tell you something. I be... I don't see my parents like that anymore, you know, because of COVID. But it's this one little boy. Every morning when he get dropped off, his foster dad is chomping him off. And I just be like, come on, baby. It's okay. Come on. Let's go have a good day. Because y'all really, I and I used to, I saw this meme and like the more I think on it, it's not just a meme. Y'all really send these kids to school after you didn't cuss them out all morning and say, have a good day. And wonder why they come home with a C for the day or or an orange card and not a green card. You literally cussed them out this morning and said, have a good day. No, you have ruined my day. Because <laughs> the way you start your morning is how your day is going to go. Okay, I have to wake up now and I say, okay... Thank you know, you do all your prayers and stuff. And then I say, my intention for the day is this, this, and this. I write it in my journal every morning. <laughs> so, it's like, I don't know, parents. Maybe set healthy goals for yourself. Like, say two things nice to my child today. That could be a huge difference in your child's behavior. Telling your child you love them and meaning it could definitely be a, you know, a change in your child's behavior, but you guys have to address the issue first because I look at some other one-year-olds and I'm like, wow, my child isn't doing that yet. Should he be doing that yet? Is he okay that he's not doing that yet? And then I'll read somebody else saying their child is nowhere near that. And I'm like, okay, so my child's somewhere in the middle. Like, I ain't saying he got to be the best, but... And that might just be, and because my husband, he'd be like, oh, he didn't notice it. So that might just be my background. Like, because if you don't know any better and you're not around any other kids like that, you may not know your child is behind in some areas. But I'd be looking. I'd be like, oh, what? That, I'm so scared of that. But we, of being like hyper scared of what? With my child because of my background. Like, I know I tell parents all the time, oh, like, yeah. okay, if they're not talking, if they're not taking steps at nine, between 9 and 18 months, that's a problem. I don't want to be like, 9 months, oh, my God, they're not taking steps. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the other pressures that people are going to put on your child, just like, okay, my mama was like, ooh-wee, I wonder if he's going to be walking by eight months like you were. Okay, but it's also fine if he wasn't. Because that, like, is, first of all, I have started to learn that developmental standards are really high because they expect three-year-olds to know how to use a knife based on what I'm asking. Yeah, um, that's why I like Montessori. They be very hands-on and let the kids do a lot of things on their own. I'm trying to find my baby at Montessori school that's close. But, see, to me, Montessori takes out the educational and, and, and intervenes it with real-world Things like real world scenarios, but I also want my child to count. You know what I'm saying? Like what? But I also wonder if, because the way I teach counting, like I teach it like through play. Like if you're picking something up, oh, we're count. Oh, you picked that up. All right, let's count. How many do you have? One, two, three. Da, 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 da. Like, I don't teach traditional counting. 
Um, only reason I do is because I have to, um, you know, for assessments. But I would much rather not. Like, I usually be like, okay, so-and-so, go tell me how many girls we have here today. Okay, we have three girls. Count and tell me how many boys we have today. Okay, we have four boys. Okay, so three boys plus four girls. Let's count on our fingers. And now I have somebody else go back and say, count everybody. Oh, we got seven kids in school today. Yay. Or um, I'll go tell somebody, can you get me three paper towels? One, two, three. Three paper towels. <laughs> so, you know, different ways like that. Because I don't want you to have to just sit down and try to remember what three is. Like, let's, let's, let's hit the number three in different ways. But everybody, and like, it's so crazy to me that I just thought everybody knew this stuff. <laughs> but a lot of people don't. So it's our job to educate and be the gap. But we are so far off of gender roles. <laughs> like this road, I don't even know. Yeah, we wasn't even supposed to go that way, you guys. Sorry. But again, it's called Not Your Average Girl Talk for a reason. Facts. What's your biggest gender role as a female that doesn't align with you at all or doesn't resonate with you? I don't know how to say this without sounding disgusting. <laughs> I don't clean. Like, that is me and my boyfriend's biggest Like, I hate to clean. But, like, I'm not nasty. Like, that's just, I don't know how to say it without sounding disgusting. No, I feel you. Huh? I feel you. Like, I hate clean. And he gets so mad. Like, when we went on a trip, he deep cleaned my bathroom. And see, me, I, I'm nasty a little bit, but it's, on, it's a certain level of nasty. Like, I can't walk past them clothes on that couch for about three days. And then by the third day, I'd be like, okay, I can't take it anymore. Yo can't take it and I can't take and it. And then I'll fold it. <laughs> so yeah, it's on it's only certain levels of that I can handle. But I've also started to realize that apparently me not cleaning means my depression is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I can't like I can't deal with anything else. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. That's the thing as well. I'd be hating to admit it, too. I'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm just good. Like, mm, my room looks like crap. It's probably not the best. But that's also why I hate seasonal depression. Oh, my God. It kicks my butt. When the sun is out, baby, I am alive. I am a flower being nourished by the sun's rays. <laughs> but when December hit... Yeah, because, you know, really? Yeah, okay. By November, I'm kind of like, uh. But I like the fall feel. I like the I like the dressing in the fall. I like the, the crispness of the air. So, but by Thanksgiving, I'm like, here we go. I'm done. And I be trying because I love gifts. So Christmas, I, be, I can pop out at Christmas. And I can pop out again at my birthday. But other than that, listen. We was out of town this weekend. I mean, oh, it wasn't even a weekend. It was this week. And we messed around and got a convertible car. Oh, I 
was in heaven. I mean, I was in heaven. Oh, the rays. God, the, the the recharge that it gives you. I told my husband, I said, from now on, I don't mean no harm. If we're going somewhere that's windy and sunny, we're going to get a convertible. Because, golly, it was it was amazing. Just sitting at the beach, recharging, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people stay in cities. I don't either. Although I kind of like the city I'm in, but it's small, so. Okay, that's different. Like I mean, like, New York or Chicago or... New York is literally gray. It's literally gray. How how are y'all surviving? Are y'all all right? Because I, I don't get it. Because I need all the sunlight. When we went to Chicago, I was like, I can't feel the sun. I can't see the sun. So, yeah, I can't do this. All right, Um. last question. What is a role that you think, think that you have taken on from the male perspective that's not being handy with your hands and stuff? I will take out the trash in a hot minute. I don't like to because it's a man to live here, but I will. True. True. And mine is, I think that even though I don't want to be responsible for this, and I said it earlier, if I if something needs to be built or taken apart and put back together, I can do it. I just don't want to. <laughs> like, but if it needs to be, like, okay, my son crib, even though my husband did help me, I had to pull all that stuff out and had got it ready because I was about to put it together. Like... <laughs> I asked my husband, can you do this? And I'm like, you know what? He didn't move when I said move. And I, <laughs> and I, and I feel a type of way, so I'll just do it myself. Don't worry about it. Apparently, that's a trauma response. Did you know that? Never no. knew. I talked about it in the um, therapy, and she was like, that's not healthy. I was like, but, I mean, I just feel like that I got beat for that, so. Right. And, he, and, and my husband literally be like, um, so do you need me to do it right now? And I'd be like, Ugh. No, not right now, but I would like you to do it right now. That's why I asked you right now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. I literally had to ask him, my husband earlier. I said, um, so do I need to go ahead and do this? So are you going to do it like I asked? And that's what he was like. You, it needs to be right now. And I was like, uh, yeah, because that's what I asked. But okay. All right. So that's a little bit more about us and how we feel about gender roles and kind of gender roles and helping your kids out if they need help mentally and what mental health looks like and body dysmorphia looks like. Yeah, we were all over the place. But hey, like Miss Alika said, not your average girl talk for a reason. All right. Any last words to the people for the week, Miss Alika? No, I know we normally do affirmations at the end, but can we talk a little bit about setting intentions? And let's do that today instead of setting an affirmation. Because I think intention. I'm starting to learn that intentions are a lot more powerful than affirmations are. So, like I said, that is just something um, that 
I just started doing. I don't remember if somebody told me, but okay. So like me, I have a bad habit with food. Like I can be totally on the best healthy eating plan, and then once I slip up, I'm like. Might as well eat the donut, might as well eat the cookie, might as well eat the candy, might as well go get the chips. You've been wanting that anyways. So I literally have to tell myself, like, hey, so myself, the intentions this morning for today is healthy habits and good decision making. And I say that before I even get off the bed, before my feet touch the ground. Because if I don't, those are the days where everything is haywire, it seems like, because I, I didn't set an intention for my day. Before me and my baby pull out of this garage... Um, our intentions for today is for him to learn and to for him to have fun. Or if it was a whiny morning for him, it his intentions for today is to, you know, get his emotions together and continue to have a good day and to have good understanding. I said intentions for me and my child. It's just like speaking positivity. Because like I said, sometimes them affirmations are hard to believe. Especially if you're not in the headspace for that. So setting those intentions, to me, helps my day. Oh, yeah. I definitely like intentions. but I still do affirmations, but I definitely like intentions better. I mean, I guess affirmations is something, to me, it's just how it plays out to me, is affirmations is something that I'm thinking that will happen eventually. But when I'm speaking my intentions, like, no, I'm telling myself that this is the type of day I'm having today. Yep, that's why I like intentions better. So, yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. It's crazy that you do stuff that you you know you're doing, but subconsciously you're just doing it. And then somebody says something like, oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. That's how, that's how my life is going. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. But thank you guys for rocking with us once again. Remember, if you ever have any questions, comments, letters for us, you can hit us up on our email. NYAGTpod at gmail.com. Yes, and I think that's about it. Miss Salika, you got anything else? That is it for this episode. See you later, lovelies. Bye.